You are listening to another episode of Frontline Magic Podcast. In this episode, we are talking to Vadim, Head of Customer Insights and Customer First at Countdown, New Zealand's largest food retailer and part of Australia's Woolworth Group. Vadim's obsession with customers started well before CEX and UX became common acronyms and well before the terms such as customer journey emerged as one of the buzzwords in the corporate world. In this episode, Vadim talks about the challenging times with COVID, the importance of feedback, and always being connected to the customers. Tag along as we uncover the secrets of great customer experience. Thank you so much for, for joining us. Thanks, it's a pleasure to be here and to go and talk about customer experience. And I think customer experience is something that's really deep in my heart because I, I deeply care about people. The beauty is when you actually go into real life, into either the corporate world or the frontline customer stuff, that's where the rubber hits the ground. There is nothing that, you know, where you can go and say, I've got this nailed now. This is how customer experience works. There is just constantly refining, constantly learning, constantly trying. And that is just very exciting. So thinking about the experience you deliver for a customer, what is the difference between a good experience and then one that's average? An average experience is one that the customer expects to go and happen. So in other words, if I buy something online, I expect it to arrive at the time that I was promised for it to go and arrive. So if you do that, then the experience is average because now the reason why that is interesting is because sometimes for companies that is awesome because they might not have had a good experience in delivering or they might have done something significant and then they're really disappointed because the customer doesn't give them the credit for all the hard work that they did and that's because ultimately it is what the customer expected awesome means that you've done something that goes over and above what the customer expected um, the problem with that is that the more awesome you become the more that becomes what your customer expect that to be, and it then becomes the average. How does Countdown play that out for their customers? We listen a lot to our customers, and we continuously test and learn. We've got, proudly say, probably one of the most robust um, customer listening programs in the country that, that really not just asks customers once, but it asks them and engages with them on different um, levels. We obviously also use data to go and understand some of the reaction and we cost constantly evaluate that feedback. Uh, and do you have some recent example that you've done where you used that data or insights and, and created a change that made a huge impact for the customer experience? I think most of retailers had their pivotal moment was it a year and a bit ago yeah, when the world COVID. turned upside down? When suddenly we were told stay at home and you can't go anywhere. I think this is when not just us at Counter, but I think probably all the retailers and most businesses that had that opportunity were suddenly in inundated with please go and deliver me products. And first of all, everyone wanted products, toilet mm. paper and more. Everyone wanted to go and have it. You can't do it. You just don't have the capacities, the, the product levels and etc. But you've got a lot of screaming and yelling and very anxious uh, people out there. And, and in a way that they expect us to help them with that anxiousness, that was one of the big moments when we realized that, you know, that we needed to do things differently. But I think what we also realized is that we need to identify which people are particularly affected and particularly vulnerable 
So one of the things that, and I wasn't directly involved in there, was in the supporting mechanism. I'm particularly proud of this initiative that we put in called Priority Assist, where, where people that were specifically vulnerable, either due to health or due to age, got yeah. priority for delivery of their foods. They were actually able to go and call in, again, not just pushing everything into a digital environment because that's easier for us, but actually having in our call center redirected specific numbers um, dealing with the elderly who, who couldn't go into the shop anymore. And how do you shop online? You can't teach them. So you've got to go and take yeah. the order manually. That is when your customer experience suddenly gets turned turned around in the head. There's, there's, there's sadness. There is this fear in people's voices. And you've got a job to do. You've got to go and get them the stuff that they want, but you also got to tell them, hey, things are going to be okay. There could be many other moments that you can go and come up with. When you're on the, and we all, even from management, we were on those lines and we, we talked to customers. When you hear them crying, that's when you've got to go and do things differently. That was a big moment. And we learned Yeah, that was uh, yeah demanded a lot of resources from you guys, but also... Emotional resources, right? Yeah. Again, as a business, you can go and direct a lot of technology money and have stuff to solve. But this wasn't about that. This was about how do we train our team? How do we support our team when they're engaging with customers who not just angry, they are... That's very different. You know, how yeah. do you do that? And I think that is the customer experience. Suddenly, everyone became a frontline customer experience person. Even people that have never... You know, worked frontline, they suddenly became frontline. And what did you do to to get them prepared for that? Because everything happened in quite a rush. In that moment, you can't go formal, right? So you can't go and write a handbook. I think when that comes, you, you've got to go and select a few people that are that they're really getting, that are trusted by other teams, irrespective of the role that they have. So this is also a moment where you, you've got to go and say, this is no longer about a hierarchical structure and organization. This is about finding a bunch of people who have got the mental capacity, the resilience to do it, and a couple of people that can go and ready them and help them, irrespective of where in the business that they're sitting. Don't think about silos. Don't think about boxes. Put them together. The second one is give them the autonomy to go and make decisions. Don't throw the red tape at them. Any book or you're allowed to go and say this, you're not allowed to go and say this one let go let them go and do it if they feel that they want to go and give somebody an order for free because the person on the line is so desperate and doesn't have money don't give them a guideline says oh you can't go and do that let them make a decision in that moment because people are going to go and be there they're throwing off the shackles of the responsibility the fear that they have within that corporate environment and they can actually go and focus on just doing what is right for the customer without the fear that there's going to be any repercussions or their jobs or anything like that when you get to that then you've got magic and yeah. then, then it's easy and that, that becomes the catalyst and other people want the pie of that so you, you've got to go and be the opposite of what you are, um, the opposite of a corporate. You've got to go and be human. So the team, did they just put a lot of trust in the people they knew that will do a great job and gave them the freedom to you know, take ownership of that situation? No. How was that communicated? It's exactly like that. A small team was put together with one person heading it up. And it, it was a few sentences. We trust you to go and make the right decision. We will not judge you. There will be no repercussions. Go. Just do it. Yeah. And, and of course, that's hard, right? Your corporate world can sometimes be really, really strict. And now we're telling, no, 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 you can go and do everything. And that is where the, the test of leadership comes into power. We've got to go and change then our, our, our style to go and be coaching. Let's just be honest. We, we got a lot of things really wrong initially mm. and not everyone managed to go and do that work that it is so, so you learn and we got some horrible customer feedbacks and we've got bad experiences and etc and then you feel oh i need to go and tighten the controls more to go and make sure that it is and again you've got to go and say no that is the moment to loosen the control give the power to the team they can do this because you hired them because they can go and do this we, we hire yeah. good people so it's just that we put 
restraints on them because that's what the system of an organization expects you to go and do. But we hired them initially because we trusted them. So let's just trust them to go and do what's right. Yeah, It's exciting in hindsight. Uh, when you're in the midst of it, it's it's a bit different, to be honest. It, the interesting is people remember the, the pleasant things out of this one. The, the, the cries of tears of joy when something arrived, the thank yous that came in flooding. They remember that. They don't remember yeah. the negative things. And that's awesome. So if you can get to a space where people acknowledge that it was hard, but they remember the joy that they felt and the joy that they saw in the customers' faces, that's the catalyst that you need. Yeah. How do you build that motivation around your employees so they give great customer experience, even when they have you know, people crying or you know, being upset? The easiest way to go and respond to that one is probably you would wish you wouldn't have to build it, right? You wish it was there. I think the secret is um, to go and get your teams all the time to go and expose your customers. So in, in a big organization, you can always go and hide behind a computer screen or you can go and hide behind a spreadsheet. And I think the secret to that is not just doing it once when you get join a company, you get inducted and you get thrown on deep end, but doing it all the time. So you, you need to experience customers. You need to go and shop. You need to go, even when you are a customer either of your own store or you go into another one, you need to go and be conscious to put your customer hat on. One of the things that we do in the business is that we, we've got very regular, literally once a month customer panels where we're bringing in customers into our business and we'll talk to them in front of the executive, in front of the entire teams so that not only can they can hear things from the customer's mouth, but they also can go and ask questions. And it's not often what they want to hear. Without feedback, you, you can't move, you can't improve. So it's really critical. So there's many ways, but yeah. generally speaking, we always hope we hire good people that will make it easier. So you mentioned that you had panels, monthly panels. What kind of things is it that you bring up with them? It depends. Sometimes it's fairly general things, such as where do you shop? What do you like when you're shopping? What is that you don't like shopping? What frustrates you the most? But sometimes we, we dig a little bit deeper. It depends on kind of what we want to go and find out more. So we might, for instance, go and say we're speaking only to families with young children so we can go and get a better understanding about how dynamics are for that particular segment. It really depends. In, in our case, if you're in groceries. It's, it doesn't end with the food being delivered essentially to a person. We are so intrinsically linked to pretty much anything that our customers are doing that we, we've we got to figure out how we fit into their lives. Uh, so we don't just fit into the food bill, we fit into their lives. And I think there's many things for us to learn because things change. Take COVID, for example. People are now working more from home, which means that the dynamics of a family has changed. Roles have been reversed. It's uh, people that used to go and cook now no longer cook. People that used to go and pick up children now no longer pick up children. So we need, we need to understand that because some of them might be permanent. So how are we going to respond to this one? And we can't wait for the trend to have changed and then having to go and respond to it. We need to go and see when something is about to change and going to say, yeah, this one's here to stay. How, what are we going to do about it? It changes all the time. Yeah. It never stops. And do you have some examples of uh, changes or insights you've been getting from the customers that have created a change for their organization? A lot of more people have changed their routines in terms of where they're working and, and what they're doing. We've got to go and help them to go and get online delivery, uh, for instance. So we've got now one hour slots and we can go and deliver in a shorter period of time to people because um, if you're sitting at home and your nappies are running out, but the dynamics have changed, you can't just get into the car and drive to the store. There's a lot of things that, that emerge and it's very hard to go and say there's, there's one specific thing. There's just so much going on. Yeah, and, and different segments of customers too. And, yeah. and, and trying to fit into everyone's life, that's a big challenge. Absolutely. 
So when it comes to delivering a great customer experience, how does that manifest itself uh, in the habits of the culture of the business? Um, it's actually really critical because if it doesn't manifest itself, then it becomes a tick box approach. So you know, if you're looking at companies are on different spectrums of customer centricity, right? You get people, you get companies and organizations that are customer focused. So that means that they've got a couple of metrics in place and they look at them and then they say, yep, that's what customers are saying. They take note, but they don't always go and take decisions in there. Then you get customers that are customer centric. So in other words, they, they start to go and live and breathe. So they put numbers or customer stories at the center of what they do. And then you get customers that are customer obsessed that really do nothing else with other kind of customers and even hiring people based on their ability to go and engage with the customer. And I think it depends a little bit where you are on, on, on the journey. I think what is really important is that the customer is at the forefront. When you start any conversation that you first evaluate customer metrics before you evaluate, for instance, sales metrics or any of the business metrics. You always start by giving a couple of examples of a good customer experience that you would have either personally experienced or that you, that, that your customer feedback system would have generated and a negative one and have a brief conversation as to why was the, what, what did we do that actually ended up to be particularly good and what has led to the fact that this one was a negative experience. I think a lot of it depends on the leadership. So in other words, if, if the leadership organization pushes um, the customer and pushes the customer experience as a number one, that's when you get the buy-in and there's lots of reasons why things don't always work out but if you just keep on finding those moments where you do that check with a customer like i've mentioned earlier on through customer panels for instance just then you're already better than what you were before every time when you're doing a decision you need to go and say so how is that going to go and impact on sally or john our customer so the moment that you do that you you pause and when you pause you reflect and when you reflect you you ask questions, you wonder, you ponder, and you might make a decision differently than what you would have normally done as a gut. That is the foundation of good customer experience. Does uh, Countdown have a handbook or something similar, or any tools that help you deliver a better experience for the customer? We don't have a handbook because I think uh, handbooks are probably the opposite. I was always surprised with businesses having handbooks or when I was still at university, there was a study guide. And the problem with that is then people read that handbook with that study guide and says, that's what I've got to go and do and nothing else. So the moment that you give people a, a handbook or a guide, that's what they're going to do. And then they don't think outside of the box. And, and I think you need to go and let go. So that's mm. why we don't have a handbook. But I think if you give people access to to customer data or customer feedback or customer information throughout the business, irrespective of which you are freely, the good and the bad, unfiltered, that is the best customer experience. Hear the feedback. That's the best handbook that you need. It doesn't give you the guidance about what to do, but just simply to go and hear what customers are saying gives you a direction. If you've got a good leadership in there, they'll help shape and drive it into a specific direction so that people don't feel overwhelmed, but just have people here and see what customers are doing and you don't need a handbook. And what are some of the biggest challenges when it comes to customer experience? There's probably three. The one is actually to go and keep focusing on it. That's that's really hard to keep focusing on customer <laughs> experience because I've mentioned earlier that there's so many things that you need to go and do. You just need to go and have a bad week of sales and everybody says, how can we go and improve our sales? I think navigating criticism is also really hard because as humans, when, when we get negative criticism or feedback, we, we always say that we are good with taking feedback, but firstly, we're a bit hurt. 
And we are like, and that's not what I've intended to go and do. And why don't you go and see all the good things that we did? And why do you've got to go and criticize me for the one thing that we've done bad? And as a result, you you don't want to go and have it anymore. So you tend to start avoiding that negative criticism. So the challenge is to go and acknowledge that's the case and still go and say, no, we, we, need, to, we need to go and look at the areas where customers are telling us we're not doing well. But as humans, we don't like that. So that's the second one is. The third one is to never accept as the average as as great so always improving and that's really frustrating because you, know, you push your teams hard you push to go and be getting that awesome customer experience and then that awesome customer experience becomes your average customer experience and you've got your team saying oh really i've done everything awesome how much more awesomeness can i go and be and you're gonna say i have to because you've been unfortunately so awesome that now being good so that's frustrating so those are the three things is keep on focused on it navigating the criticism and to go and ensure that you still find the right motivation of always improving yeah can you give an example when you have listened to the customer or or looked at customer data and made a positive impact on the customer experience in your stores i know for example that you have the quiet hour and that was probably from from feedback from a customer or it's interesting how these things happen, right? So sometimes <laughs> you're looking at trends in you're looking at trends in your data, and you can go and see, oh, some metric is going down, and whatever you're going to go and do about it, you've got this avalanche of information in there. And sometimes all that you need is to have one story. Now, uh, just to be clear, we're getting through our system about three hundred thousand customer feedbacks every year, so it's a lot. But there was once a story that we got where one customer told us about her personal circumstances and about you know, the challenges she has with her children and that it's so hard for her to go and shop with her children. Now, how good it would be if we could go and just tone down the music a little bit. And we said, it's interesting. What would that do when we do that? So there was one story. It wasn't hundreds of stories or thousands of stories, just one that someone found and said, this is interesting. And in fact, the store didn't even tell anyone about that. They just said, maybe we can just go and try it. And they did that. So that specific store and that store manager made a decision based on one comment that one customer has made and made a decision to go on quiet hour was born. Suddenly there was feedback from other customers in that store, how amazing it was. We heard about it. I think yeah. the media started writing about it way before yeah, that's we what knew I... that this was happening. So again, this is freedom within the framework when you let people make decisions without always checking in with head office. Because you can imagine a store manager saying, oh, me switching the music off, what's going to be the impact on sales? But here somebody has said, I'll just go and do something that's right for the customer. And then you get media going well, and, and then we've introduced it nationwide. And we are still to this day doing it. Customer feedback is tremendously positive. So that's what you do when you listen to feedback. But it's also when you do something about that feedback without you know thinking all the consequences and just doing what is right. So that was a really good experience. Many years ago, we introduced free fruits for kids. Right. I think, you know, in fact, we led in, in New Zealand the Woolworths group on this one, where we basically said, you know, what's the biggest challenge is that many of the families that are taking their children to the store have two things, keeping them busy, not falling out of the trolley. And the second one is you know, many children don't have enough nutritional food intake. So maybe we should just go and give them an apple or a banana or something like that. Keeps them busy, keeps mom happy and get some food into this one. And that's how that initiative was born. And we're having it. In, in all our stores. And this was simply by understanding a need that customers have said to us is, I don't know how to go and keep my child from putting the baked beans can out of the shelf. What can I go and do? How do I make shopping experience better? Well, 
the solution to that one wasn't to go and build a cage on, on, on a trolley so that children can't go and come out. That's not the solution. The solution was give them something to go and do and something that's good for them. But honestly, those things are magic. They don't happen all the time. I wish it was, but sometimes they are magic. So what's the secret to deliver a brand of magic consistently and doing it in a bigger scale? Clarity for everyone in your company from from this end to the other end that all that matters is to go and help customers. So we speak about the power of 18,000. So we've got 18,000 staff and every one of them knows that they've got a job to go and deliver to go and make Kiwi's lives a little better every day. So that's what it is. That's not very easy and it takes a lot of work. The second one is, is to go and make sure that everyone in the business gets enough exposure to customers. So for instance, in our organization, we spend at least most of us two weeks a year working in a supermarket, irrespective of which part of the business you're in. Uh, it's usually to go and help our teams before Christmas. And then before Easter, we're spending a week in stores to stocking shelves and being at checkouts or just speaking to customers. It's not mandated but it doesn't need to be mandated. People sign up for it voluntarily because they're looking forward to this one. That helps anyone from the managing director to the person in accounts. And yes, it helps the teams in stores, but it's also because if we're not grounded to that experience, we can't go and make the decisions that we, that we need to go and do. So it's incredibly important that people get spend enough time frontline. If, if you don't do that, you, you make decisions from the ivory tower and they're usually wrong. Yeah. And looking into the future, what changes do you think we'll see in the customer experience space? There's a few trends that we know. We know that digital and, and online is exponentially rising, and it's not just for certain segments, it's across this one. So you got, you got to be digitally first. We know that people really don't care about health. So how can we go on people to live healthier, be healthier, and adopt a healthy lifestyle? People are cognitively overwhelmed. So having to go and make decisions is really hard. So giving people too many choices or to go and force them to go and make decisions isn't going to go and help them. How do we make it easy for the right things, etc.? So these things are not new, to be clear. They've, they've, they've been since the advent of, of customer experiences since yeah. we started selling products to people. So nothing of this is new. And I think a lot of people are saying, oh, COVID is going to go and change the world. No, it isn't. There's a few things that it has accelerated, but the fundamentals of customer engagement haven't changed. Customer experience is when somebody walks out of an interaction with a smile uh, on their face. That is customer experience. That was the case thousands of years ago. It hasn't yeah. changed. Yeah, you make it sound so simple, but I know it's not that simple to just go into oh. getting your employees to, to put on a smile every day. Oh, it's not simple. It's very hard. I'm, by no means I'm, I'm saying that it is simple because it isn't. It's very, very hard. But the, the, the recipe is, is the same, right? It's about people. You unlock the potential in people. It's not about handbooks. It's not about processes. It's about relationships and how do I unlock the best in people. And then I think that starts with understanding fundamentally where people are at. If you could describe the single most important attribution of a great frontline employee, what would that be? The ability to spot a customer need before the customer has even identified that need. What does the role of feedback play in, in your organization? I think feedback is number one. So if you're not open to feedback, if you don't have mechanisms in place to go and get that feedback, if you don't know how to go and deal with that feedback, you don't stand a chance of um, succeeding with customers. You don't stand a chance in succeeding in your business. You, you don't. So feedback is absolutely critical. Feedback loop, however, is also very important. In other words, you get the feedback. How do I give the customer that feedback back that I've heard you? Yeah, and it's very easy to, to go and get that and say, oh, I've got feedback, but feedback goes both ways. If a company wants to create a better experience for their customer, what is one simple thing that they can start with today 
to make a long-term difference. I'm, I'm going back to the feedback, right? <laughs> spend, yeah. time with your, spend time with your customers. So many, many companies are saying that they're devising the process of the customer experience without even once engaging with customers. You've got to start with a customer. Experience yourself. Um, experience your own experience. It all breaks, brings down to the point that, that you need to go and be connected to customers. If you're not connected to customers, you can't go and build a good customer experience. So the question is, do you shop at Countdown or do you shop somewhere else? <laughs> I shop everywhere. In fact, 85% of Kiwis shop everywhere. So I do my the majority of the shop at Counter. But yes, I go to competitors and, and I go to small shops. And to be honest, I don't just do that because I, I do competitive shopping. I do that because sometimes our competitors have got a better product or a fresher product. So that's you have a price. I am a consumer. You know, I'm loyal to, to my family and I live the same life as everybody else. That makes us humans. Yeah. And do you have a quote that you live by? Nelson Mandela said, don't judge me by my success, but by how many times I fell down and I got up again. You have to fall. You have to learn. You've got to fail in order to progress. So that's one of those things that, that I keep on you know, carrying for me personally in my life, but also carry it in my professional life with my team. Sometimes we make bad decisions or we want to go and do something better for the customers and we are actually creating something worse for customers. It happens. The important thing is we get up again. And that's such a powerful quote for me for 20 years. You, yeah. you, you learn. Awesome. That was all the questions you had. Is there anything else that you would like to add? or Being a customer expert, I don't have the answers to all the questions. So the questions really about feedback. The questions are well, mean, meaningful is, is when people are engaging in a dialogue and I've got the ability to go and ask questions. So uh, it's easy to talk. Right. It's easy to go and talk examples about it, but but ultimately we're all moving forward in customer experience when we're starting to go and share information. And I think the more we've got opportunities to go and share our own thoughts, the, the better we can become, but the better is the outcome for our customers. Thank you for the opportunity to go and share my thoughts as well. Yeah, amazing. Thank you so much. It's been really great to, to share it's with you. It's been awesome to go and be on your show. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Frontline Medic Podcast, brought to you by Ask Nicely. If you enjoyed this podcast episode, please give it a five-star rating. And remember to visit frontlinemedic.org and sign up to our community for free. Frontline Medic community is there to help you bring out the best in your frontline staff. You can access tools, frameworks, inspirational stories that will help you create a great customer experience at the frontline. Visit frontlinemedic.org to learn more. 